0: Got
1: hey everyone, it's great to be back with you once again, because it's that time. So get ready to reminisce and relive the past here on the Nostalgia Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Shriver, and I'm so happy that you're here with me on this journey down memory lane. Each week, we explore different topics that transport you back in time, from high school memories, old technology, and past news events to movies, TV shows, and the video games we all know and love. So whether you're an 80s, 90s, or 2000s kid, or you just love retro things, you're in the right spot. So join me as we dive into the past on the Nostalgia Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back, I hope you're having a great day and that you're ready to take a trip down memory lane. This is episode 5 of the Nostalgia Podcast, original release date of Friday, the 24th of February, 2023. We got a very exciting topic today that I hope you're going to enjoy. If there are any Star Trek fans listening right now, I think you're really going to like our discussion. And if you aren't that into Trek or just haven't really paid much attention to it, well, I hope this episode will encourage you to take another look at it. My guest again this week is Enrique. Him and I are going to sit down and discuss three Star Trek The Next Generation episodes that we strongly recommend. This show ran in the 1980s and 1990s. So hopefully, this will give any newbies who might want to check out some old cool Star Trek episodes some ideas on where they can jump in. But before we get into the conversation, let me just say our social media presence has been growing a lot lately. Thank you to everyone who has been going on to our various accounts and giving us a follow, liking our posts, commenting, and sharing with your own family and friends. It's personally been on a lot of fun making the podcast, but now I'm also enjoying the fact that I get to interact online with listeners of the show who also like to share some of their own past memories or their own points of view on some of the topics we talk about on the show. It's really cool. So thank you to everyone that's showing their support in that way um, and listening to the show and interacting with us on social media. Thank you very much. And speaking of, if you haven't followed us on social media yet, well, there's many options. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Also, just for convenience, this show is available on all the major podcast apps like Spotify, Apple Music, and also we release the show on our YouTube channel as well. So whatever way you like to consume podcasts and content like that, we've made it easy to find us. So just check the show notes for all the links. Okay, let's get the show on the road for real. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy our conversation about Star Trek The Next Generation. Enrique, it's great to have you back once again, two weeks in a row. It's almost like you're going to be my unofficial co-host.
0: Let's go with unofficial for now. Okay, for now. <laughs> so this
1: week, uh, we, we are going to be talking about three great Star Trek The Next Generation episodes that we would recommend, right? We're not doing favorites. We're just picking three that we would recommend so that we can come back maybe a couple episodes or years down the line. We could talk about three more. You know, when we come back to Star Trek at some point. So before we start, uh, I wanted to ask you, how did you get into Star Trek fandom? Like, what is, what are you into in the franchise? And what do you
0: remember, like your first experience with it? Great question. I remember, oh, this is probably when I was nine or ten. And it was, I think it aired on CBS, I believe. I feel like I'm wrong, or NBC.
1: The original series? No, uh, TNG. TNG. Mm
0: -hmm. And yeah, Yeah, I'm not sure which one it originally aired on. And my father, my father didn't speak English. So he only saw the show visually. And I think he appreciated it visually. And then when I, well, I wasn't aware of the show. I don't remember seeing it, but he reminded me years later as an adult when i started watching star trek voyagers when i became aware of the series and i fell in love with star trek and it was on upn as reruns while it was running towards the end of it when it was running towards this end i had i think i caught the series when it was in season six but i would only catch the rerun 10 p.m 11 p.m on upn and my dad didn't catch me but he came across me watching tv and he was like oh is that the show about the scientists and I'm like, yesta that's the show about the scientists." So my father thought they were, they were real scientists. Wow. Um, but I remember being a hundred percent aware of them, starting Voyager during reruns late at night when I shouldn't be up at 10 or 11 p.m. Um, and I just, and I just fell in love with the series. That was my entry point into the into the series.
1: So the first se- series you you saw was
0: the Next Generation.
1: Yes. And then that led you later into discovering Voyager. Y-
0: yes and no, because again, I don't remember. I don't remember TNG. It's only because my father said we watched it before. Mm -hmm. So I probably watched it when I was like five, six, maybe. But again, I don't remember. I don't have a memory of it. But I have many memories of Star Trek Voyager. Right. So I I am still giving credit to TNG, but my gateway drug, if you will,
1: is Voyager. And in between TNG and Voyager was Deep Space Nine. Did you ever get into that at all?
0: I did not. I I. Had a good, I had a childhood friend who swore up and down. DS9 was the it series for the franchise. Mm -hmm. He got, he tried so hard for so many years to get me to watch it and I just refused to watch it. Um, I did eventually get into it when Netflix had it on their catalog for, for the app. So then I finally watched it and it was quite the struggle. Oh, I loved
1: when Netflix got the rights to those Star Trek shows. Yes. I'm I'm saddened that it's
0: off of Netflix yeah. now. Well, because they're on Paramount Plus now.
1: And I'm going to be getting Paramount Plus hopefully soon, especially because the new season of Picard yes. is dropping yes. in like four days from now. So I'm going to have to pay the, uh, I don't know, Paramount Plus isn't isn't the more expensive one. It's probably like five or six bucks and it's probably going to be worth it just for the Star Trek alone, honestly. But yeah, when it came to Netflix, that was huge because before you had to like catch it on reruns or go buy the DVD sets. Go buy the DVD sets, yeah. Um, in college, a friend of mine had the DVD sets, and we used, that's how we used to watch them. You know, disc. Oh, my God. Trade, you know, trade <laughs> out disc. You get like two, three episodes of disc after you trade it up. <laughs> and, yeah, just streaming makes it so much more enjoyable, especially a show like Deep Space Nine, wow. which they had these big story arcs yes. that would go over several episodes, that's... which made that series different from TNG yes. and Voyager. You know
0: what? Now that you say it, the, the way you're framing it, I guess I don't appreciate DS9 enough, but I think that, that to me, like, I can appreciate creating a story arc that goes over an entire season and an entire series, which is hard to do, which I think TNG wasn't the best at it, and they did have a few stories that covered a few episodes.
1: Yeah, sometimes they would try to start something that they tried to get to pay off later, and then they would just drop it because it like, wasn't working. Space 9 it was kind of like that like kind of like TV nowadays, yeah. you know. They're way before their times. Okay, so and, and just a little background on me. My favorite Star Trek show is Deep Space Nine, but I love all Star Trek pretty much. You know, you can't really say any, anyone is really bad. I wouldn't say that, but there are certain things I would watch more or whatever. Yes. But I I think Star Trek is a great show, um, and I'm actually maybe lying a little bit because there are some of the newer shows I'm not as into as I am like the ones I'm remembering from 30 20, 20 30 years ago. Um st- like my Star Trek kind of stops at Enterprise as like the old Star Trek. Yes. And then everything after Enterprise like starting in 2009, JJ Abrams did that movie. Yes, with Chris Pine and and that yes. new crew. Uh, I think of that and everything onward as, like, new Star Trek. Yes. We're kind of like a separate thing, but I still like it. It's just not on the same level as
0: my old Star Trek, if that makes any sense. It, de- it definitely does have a different feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see it as three parts. So the original series is its, its own. It's, it's it's the Golden the Age. Original, yeah. The Silver Ages, TNG, DS9, and Voyager with Enterprise because they all – overlapped with each other and you're absolutely right and i think they they did they did say that the star trek was gonna take a break because they realized that there was watcher fatigue at one point i remember reading this in one of those magazines that, which after enterprise or yes after enterprise there was a there was a, a watcher fatigue because their ratings were so weren't as good as some of the original stuff and um, they had a not too great performance at the box office with that nemesis movie yes the so there time, was there was, was a buyer of fatigue a... and so they took a break so you're absolutely right when it when they came back to it later on with jj abrams that was like the rebirth of star trek so right. new star trek One and that from there it's new
1: he didn't blow up the whole universe and like start over they made it tie in to the universe but it's kind of like a separate
0: it is a separate timeline, timeline it but is.
1: it starts it, it if you read the comic that goes like at the backstory to that movie, it ties into the next generation
0: and stuff. Oh, don't even get yeah. me started on reading. Cause there were, <laughs> there were some books that I've read that especially, particularly for the movies, there was a series for TNG. Uh, I forget the name of the series book series that gave a lot more context leading up to, I believe it was nemesis. And they, they, there was a, a book the books. And, and the books gave more backstory that they never made a show for or made a movie for, so that when you watch Nemesis, you had all this extra knowledge. I forget what it was called. And then even then, after Nemesis, TNG also got another series with uh, Titan, where they gave Riker his command, Mm -hmm. and they gave you more context after what happened after Nemesis. That's a series. It's a good good book series.
1: Because the new season of Picard, the ship is the Titan A, so it's like the new version of Riker's ship. So there's, there's got to be some history there. you know. Yeah. The, the Titan is like um, a legacy ship at this point.
0: I think um, it just proved my strategic worthiness because I, I, have, I have not <laughs> read the comics, but I have read some of the books um, be, behind some of the shows. And I've even read books of about, particularly about the show. For example, like Star Trek Voyager Endgame. The, when that aired, that was pretty popular, animated into a book. So I yes. read the book multiple times just to get the nuances of the. because I loved, that was my absolute favorite. I'm calling it right now. My absolute favorite show, the way it ended, how long it was, the visual effects for its time. I loved it so much that I've read the book multiple, multiple times that I could almost yeah. uh, dub the show when it would air, that episode would air, because I, I just remember it so well. Wow.
1: Yeah, I, I can't say enough about Star Trek books. They um in my opinion are i'd rather read a book that takes place like with the TNG crew like the more adventures with the TNG crew more adventures with the voyager crew than see some of the new stuff like like for example strange new worlds is that new show yes i love it it's not bad right but i just don't feel it feels different as close to the that crew yet they've only had one season so yeah. i got to give them time yeah. but i you know, it's like when you read those books, it's almost like getting more episodes of our old, of our old favorite TV shows. Yes. Because you can, your brain can see everything, you know, yes. exactly. The, you know all the sets and stuff are right there for you to imagine stuff. So that's the great part about books is they can well, give you more.
0: And, and just to take show. it further, not necessarily just the books, but this is what I love about. What I love about Gene Runberry's vision was because it's space. No one knows what it's really like out there. And you can go. In any direction with this, you can make up any world, any species, any kind of storyline, and you. Could, and that's what I love about the the entire franchise itself. Just the possibilities of the storytelling, yes.
1: the allegory, and everything that goes along with it that Gene Roddenberry injected into the franchise. He really set set the table. Yes. And even after his passing, I I think it was really carried forward
0: well. Yeah, by the people by the people who
1: who love the show. Too.
0: Who helped create the show? And what I love is it probably took his son a while to come to the series because I remember watching a documentary about his son Roddenberry about you. I think his name was Eugene. No, no, was it wasn't. I forget his name. Uh, regardless, it took his son a while to come back to the series and to find appreciation for his father's work. And now in the new Star in the new new Star Trek for Paramount Plus, his name is plastered all over as a producer as a co creator now. And I love that he was able to pick up that mantle and carries his father's vision and, and create just this endless dream of worlds. Yeah, it's never-ending.
1: Yeah. You know, the, and the crazy thing is, is I used to think, well, what could they, you know, where can they go now? You know, and then like a show like Discovery pushes it to where I wouldn't even think, what, how many more centuries ahead did they jump? Oh, like into the 30, 3,000, I, I don't know.
0: But, I know watch the series a series. Recently, I can't think just, of all my blinking. Wow, I, I never
1: <laughs> thought that we would jump that far ahead and see what the federation's like, and it if it endured, how much of it has changed. Yeah, that's a really neat show too. Yes, Disco- Discovery has changed a lot since its first season.
0: Yes, they had like
1: this Mirror Universe season, which uh, it didn't get very good reviews. But then the show kind of changed course, and then they had like an AI. Season two or something. Yeah,
0: you know that. I I like that. Future. I so for me, I have three ratings: either I hate it, like it, or love it. <laughs> I like Discovery. Mm-hmm. I can I can watch it. Will Expert. I go back? Right. Will I watch it back multiple times? Maybe. That's how
1: I find a lot of the new shows: the, the rewatchability.
0: Yeah. But
1: maybe we just need Ooh. time. It I love that nostalgia
0: the rewatchability. The rewatchability. <laughs> that see, that should be a rating in itself. <laughs> I think movies should be rated that way. Is it something I worth watching it? it again multiple mm-hmm. times? That is yes. actually
1: a, how I give my reviews to a lot of friends and family. Is I would say to a movie, oh, it was okay, but I I don't want to go see it again right away. You know, so that is a good standard a lot of times. If a show really, you know, works for you, would you go back and see it yes, multiple that's, times? I love like that. It. Like TNG, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, I could watch those, and I do, frequently. Yes. Like, at night, fall yes. asleep to them, yes. same episode over and over. It's like they never get old for me. Yes. But maybe I'll go back and watch the Discovery, like really one of the like big spectacular season finale episode that's really cool, just to see the visuals, because nowadays the visuals are oh, so yeah. much better. But – I don't really remember specific storylines in Discovery. Like, oh, I want to see this episode because that's the one about this.
0: Yeah. You know, you could say that well, about again, CMG, Like right. you said earlier, DS9 really set the stage for carrying story arcs across multiple episodes and sometimes right. across the entire season.
1: Well, there's things like that you could stretch over a whole season, but Deep Space Nine still had character a certain character would take the lead and each episode would be about that yes that is true you would also have plot points that would extend throughout the season i feel like discovery it's kind of like just they just keep stringing you along they introduce something in the first episode and they have had their resolution 10 episodes later yeah and everything in between is just kind of leaning building up to that yeah yeah to get there and there's really There's some character moments, but it's not like before how you would have your compartmentalized. Oh, that was the this episode, the Borg episode. That you know, yes, you just you kind of don't get that as much nowadays. Even though um, Strange New Worlds is trying to go back to that, yes. All right. Well, let me see what else here. So we talked about yeah your your um, your cred, and (laughs) and you dropped Gene Roddenberry's name first. So (laughs) there's no doubt there. Talking about TNG, though, who's your favorite? And you can name more than one if you want, but your favorite TNG cast member or
0: like character from that show. I want to say this is easy, but hear me out. Wesley Crusher. What? I had a huge crush on him. Did you see him in Picard season two? I did. He looks pretty
1: good. Yeah,
0: he's aged well, and I think they even gave him a... Uh kind of like what RuPaul Dragus does for Untalk, they gave him a separate show for some of the series called Ready Room. Ready Room. And so he would talk about some of those things. But uh, but during cool. the show as a kid watching it, when I got a chance to really be aware of it, I was like, Wow, I have a crush on Wesley Crusher. Crusher,
1: Crusher, Crusher. Uh,
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, but aside from that, but I think as as a main character, because he was a supplemental character. That that aside, as a main character, it's Picard. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because, uh, like even Stewie on um, Family Guy, painted a pretty good picture between him and Kirk, and he talked about like Patrick Stewart being confident. He'll I, f- I forgot how he said it, but it was so funny. And I'm like, he's yes, he's yes,
1: a officer, he's right?
0: soothing, but yet powerful, confident, and has has the way the way the cast support the characters that drive the Picard character. It just it just does it for me. So he's kind of like the dad figure, if you will.
1: That's a very good pick. Uh, going back to Wesley Crusher, Will Wheaton is the same age as Patrick Stewart was as Captain Picard. Get out of when here. He was little Wesley Crusher. Like, can you believe that now? Like, he's that much older, but he still looks very much younger than Patrick Stewart did yeah. as Captain Picard. I mean, yeah. I guess the Patrick Stewart always was bald, yes. but he had white hair or gray, you know, on the yeah. side.
0: I guess yep. white. So that makes you look older no matter yeah. what. But um, it looked, made him guy. look more refined. Yeah. Where not has a boy stately. Schmuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I would have to say my favorite TNG mm. character is Data. Mm. Yeah. I,
0: that's always a good bet.
1: Yeah. Data, he's exactly what they said in that one episode, Measure of a Man. It's a new life form. Mm-hmm. And you got to see Data become from like basically this really robot acting. Android, well, almost you know. like an infant. If you think about mm-hmm. an infant, exactly.
0: an infant doesn't have a, a way of being human. That's something that they have to learn over time, mm-hmm. by by the environment that they're that they're growing up in. So I always saw data as a child, as an infant yes. growing up throughout yeah. the series and into the film series and into, and and whatnot.
1: It's a good way to think about it. And you could just tell if you look at like a data episode in season one, go to season two. That's how Brent Spiner was very meticulous. He would make the character evolve each season. So if you did pick one episode out of each season, you would see an evolution to, to data like season one, always oh, like an infant, but you get to season seven, he's very close to being human. And then it's just a jump from there to the first contact
0: yes. where he
1: gets that emotion chip yes. fully implanted into, him. or I guess that happened in generations at the end or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in generations. That's right. Where he gets the emotion chip. Basically he's, he's pretty much, What's left? Yeah, you know. So, I always thought his journey, his character, was like exactly what Star Trek is about. Remember his brother? He had a brother. Lord. and he apparently is in the new season.
0: Get out of here!
1: Oh spoiler alert. Well, actually, he was it was in the trailer. So, don't spoil anything <laughs> for me. So today we're gonna to be talking about our not our three favorites necessarily, but three great Star Trek, the Next Generation episode, sticking with that series. This time and not the movies just the regular episodes from the original seven series seven season run I started last week. I think Didn't I so I'm gonna let you start this time. Yeah, thank you. So let's
0: let's hear what's an episode that you would recommend to our listeners You know before we started recording I told you I love two topics with anything Star Trek anything uh, temporal and anything boring. Mm. so My first recommendation, because I think it's always fun to play with time, is Yesterday's Enterprise. Ah, Um, That's a great, great episode. They bring back, what's her name? Natasha Yar? Yes, they bring her back for that episode. Denise Crosby. And they bring her back for that episode. And just, again, anything with time. I just, I love messing with time. Yeah,
1: Yesterday's Enterprise, I'm going to, see, I'm going to geek out a little bit here. Because with star trek i was like super into the technical manuals and like the i even had a it was called the star trek encyclopedia i had one too so i had one too i know this on a like you know phd level i probably put that much into this um but
0: the, re- I, the really big book with all the ships on you know, it Yeah, ships flying yes flying i had her. the same book
1: yeah and i even had like the the expanded new edition that they came out with a couple of years later and I wish they would come out with one, a new one,
0: a new yeah. one, you know, like or especially like, especially like a, a, an iBooks version for Apple devices oh, because be they did it for Harry Potter where and they, they did videos apart. Correct. Of a of and they, pictures. and they put animations inside the books as you went through the books on, Wait, on an iPhone.
1: So yeah, I was totally into like all these technical aspects and I loved the ships and I was like a big, geek about the ships and the classes and like how they worked and you should see my Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) So like the enterprise D the main ship, you know, it was the galaxy class. It's the big new ship. Well, Kirk's enterprise was a constitution. It was the enterprise and the enterprise a yes. Well, it was that that was really cool about the, about the next generation. They, they jumped a hundred years or so. So, you didn't know, well, what, what did the Enterprise B look like? What about the C? Yeah. Like, there's like this gap in, in the history. They, we saw the A with Kirk, and then now we're seeing the D. So, that was like so cool because that was an episode where it was the Enterprise C, and you got to learn that backstory and what, what its fate was. And the Enterprise C was the state of the art ship of its time, and it was the ambassador class. So, I, I just was really excited about that episode because you got to see for the first time like a new ship
0: yes and
1: get that history of like this lost history that you know that we didn't know yet about the in-between enterprise b and c and
0: and that's why i love anything you know temporal themed because you can you can go in any direction with it that's, and then that's and then you can just uh, about Star yeah Trek. and you can or and if you didn't like how something played out and in the series you can just go back in time and mess up time so that you reset the timeline. Reset the timeline. Voyager did that a quite quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's why you like Voyager because they did a lot maybe, of time stuff. Maybe. But yeah, yesterday's <laughs> Imprise good good episode. Yeah. yeah. It, and I remember Guinan, now is kind of like a part of that because Guinan has like some sense about time when yes. off something's off.
0: That's what I love about her character. You know, uh, she's, she's totally under her, th- of, Yeah, and she's better. so underrated. She's so underrated. I love every character. time she shows up in that. Because she wasn't a series regular, but every, she was in there for a good number of episodes. And... Well, she was Picard's sounding board. Yes, and it, and even in the Picard series, they bring he's her back. yeah, and she's still when he when he went back in time he sought her out for a very specific reason. One, because he needed her to to advance that was his mission. I'm so glad his that mission, but her back. They did it so that he can go back and be a sound... So she can be a soundboard for him because she always was his mm-hmm. sage, his unsung sage. All right.
1: Are you ready for one of my episodes?
0: Yes, please. Okay. This
1: and th- This is not probably a lot of people's favorite episode, but for me, this is like... Just right up my alley. It's called Where Silence Has Lease.
0: I don't remember <laughs> one.
1: the one. The title probably, it's like, what does that mean? But here's the, like... Synopsis. Synopsis. Thing. Oh, when an alien traps the Enterprise and threatens to kill half the crew purely out of curiosity, Captain Picard is faced with a grim decision. So, it's just one of those weird one-off episodes where you meet this creature out in space that they, like, never see again. But I always still, like, wonder, like, dang, I hope wonder what ever happened to that thing. <laughs> it rings a bell. It's this thing where they fly in, and suddenly all the stars disappear. There's no stars. It's just black. And they're they're of the inside history. a wormhole, right? It's like a wormhole inside, thing? It's some some sort of pocket of... We're in the void, I guess you'd call it. Well, then suddenly... Uh, this this thing appears on the view screen and it's just a face. It's just one of those really eerie episodes. It's kind of like in the earlier seasons, maybe season one or two, before like the next generation kind of got in its stride and it became more of a bright show that actually lit it a lot differently in the later seasons. If you look at like the first two seasons, it's kind of like a darker show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. At points. And this was just a really weird sci-fi concept episode where it's basically like the enterprise is being treated as like a rat in a maze. Mm. And this being is just playing with the enterprise, like a cat or something, you know, like what would happen if I did this? And it, it starts killing members of the enterprise just to see what would happen. Cause it doesn't understand what human humans are, what these, mm-hmm. what, what is this ship with these little creatures? And so it starts kind of like experimenting on the enterprise crew. And then Picard has to take a stand and, and, and so somehow they get out of it. But I just remember that one always. I always liked the episodes where it seemed like the odds were really against the crew and they had to work together or come up with some way to, to outthink or outsmart or use their technology in a way so they can get out of the situation. Um, and I love it when all the crew works together, Yeah, you know, and there's, there's a couple scenes where they're all like, in the observation lounge, having a conversation and talking it out and that I just love those episodes where they introduce something that's so alien, you know, that, which that was so cool because our heroes were up against something that was so superior to them, kind of like a Q entity. Yeah. And I just love seeing how they got out of that. Yeah. And I thought that was just really what I like about Star Trek is this thing that we, when I get to see the crew really, try to figure out oh my gosh how are we going to get out of this situation that we've never
0: come up against yeah two things that come to mind when 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 you describe it the way that you're doing it to borrow a word from marvel comics it's a celestial being yes something superior to, to mankind and uh, they that, would
1: see us as like ants
0: right you know so and
1: it doesn't bother them to kill a couple of us i think see what happened
0: the way you're describing it and this is an inherent and not to get too deep but this is inherent in us as beings. We, we love community. We love, you know, facing those challenges together. It's you know built in our inter, our our psyche and our DNA. So that's probably one yes. of the reasons why you love the show. That's a great golden nugget. Um, it makes me want to yeah. watch it again. Where silence has lease.
1: It's maybe a little slower. It's and that's a lot of Star Trek. It's a, it's a a lot of thought pieces. A lot of cerebral. You know what would humanity do if they were in, if they encountered this? Then there obviously Star Star Trek has the battle episodes and and, yeah. and explosions here and there. Yeah,
0: but you know what I do love slow burns though.
1: I like the slower episodes. Yeah, I, like I don't I don't like eeriness. I like mystery. I think
0: a quick rush start. is good sometimes, but there I are times the where we just every yeah. Once in a while. But just ever so often, let let the candle slowly burn a little bit. And appreciate the smell. Yeah, and that,
1: thats where Star Trek stands out for me over yes. other, like,
0: like Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars is so fast, fast, so fast, fast, which is and Star Trek and perfect I think for that franchise. Yeah, and different. I think a lot of people yeah. will make that comparison too, where Star totally Trek different. was a slow, Thanks. slow burn. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, let's see. We are at your number two. Your your second uh, episode you would recommend newbies to watch.
0: I don't think I'm going to upset anyone with this one. This is definitely part of the. The Golden Nuggets, the best of both worlds, part mm-hmm. one and two. This is the one where they had the big battle and
1: obliterated like the whole Federation fleet
0: for Wolf three five nine. Wolf three
1: five nine. Yeah, it, that's
0: it. Right. And what that so, goes to my credit, by the way. <laughs> what's so cool
1: about that episode is how it connects with Deep Space Nine.
0: Yes. And that's, first
1: contact. And first contact. Yes. Yeah. That that is like. A must-see, like trifecta, right there. Yes, to get that the whole like Borg, what what they're all about. Yeah. Um. So remind me, uh, best of both worlds is this the one where Riker has to take
0: yes command right? temporary command of of the Enterprise because Picard gets abducted and gets assimilated uh, to the Borg. And they wanted Picard because, well, he was supposed to be a way for them to assimilate humans. Um, but again, in, in the the movie First Contact, he really was meant to be a companion to the Queen. But again, they hadn't ironed that detail out right. when they the first introduced
1: did evolve and change, especially in Voyager. Yeah. I would say that's where...
0: Well, they really carried almost... the, the, the... Yeah, they really ironed it a lot mm-hmm. more there. But it, when they initially introduced it in Best of Both Worlds, he was really meant to be like this... Head of state, if you will, for the bore heading into this territory of the Alpha Quadrant. Because they would get all humans. his knowledge. Correct, and because he was a captain, he was well connected, and so they ah, knew they knew how to right. attack.
1: That's the how fleet. they destroyed the whole fleet with Bacardi's correct knowledge. Oh, that's right, because then he felt guilty.
0: Yes, right for kind of letting. And you see that play out. Them. You see that play out in first contact, and him not wanting right. to destroy the Enterprise E at that point. Because he didn't want them to win on any level.
1: Yeah, and they and then they had that episode Family, which is the episode right after Best of Both Worlds, where he goes back to home on Earth, and they deal with the trauma that he went through. And it's a whole big emotional episode of him and his family. And like almost I don't think any of it takes place in space. But the best of both worlds great episode, but the follow-up episode that dealt with the trauma that he faced was also very good. So I would say that's kind of a companion piece to that one too. It um, tells a whole complete story, which goes into Deep Space Nines. Um it was the first episode, the pilot episode of Deep Space Nine, because it told the story about Benjamin Cisco and his connection with that, where his wife died. And then yeah, he, blamed, he yeah. blamed Picard. Yeah. So and then there was a scene of him and Picard. And that was just so great. Like
0: The the writers and producers did a really good job at when they did hit a home run. They did home, you know, they hit a home run with Borg and everything connects too
1: over the because it's a universe.
0: It's a universe, Mm kind of like Marvel, but they did it way before Marvel did it, and in the movies where they where they created, you know, the story arcs that would just go on and go on. Mm -hmm. They had a whole history. All right, what's your number two? My number two.
1: Okay, Uh, again, another. Under the radar for probably most people. Again, I have some weird tastes. Okay. I love this episode. It's called The Royale. Nope. All right. Let's see. (laughs) That one doesn't ring a bell. The Enterprise investigates the wreckage of a 21st century Earth spacecraft orbiting a distant planet in the appearance of a casino with inhabitants based on a rather poorly written paperback novel. Mm. Okay. So... This is such an eerie, the, the, just the tone, the mood of the whole episode is exactly what I love. That eerie, unsettling feeling. Uh, a mystery. Uh, the crew is working together in order to solve the problem. So Riker and an away team, I think Worf is part of it, maybe Geordi, and I think Data.
0: so the name of the episode again?
1: Uh, the Royale. They beam down to this planet because they've detected uh, an old earth ship from the 21st century. They're detecting it on the surface. Okay. So they beam down to the location. There's nothing about a ship. The only thing they see is like a revolving door. You know, there's no sign of the ship that they're looking for. All they see is a old style from like the fifties or something like a revolving door. They go through and suddenly they're in this casino. They're trying to like, get help and get someone to communicate with them, but no one will break character. So it's like really frustrating for the away team to like, that no one's giving them any answers. And as soon as they step foot in the casino, their communications were blocked. Mm-hmm. So then you switch to Picard and the ship and their struggle to get communication back and get their officers back. The, the twist at the end of like what all this is, is pretty good too. But I just love, the eeriness and the mystery of the whole episode. I just love it.
0: Definitely going to have to watch that one again.
1: Again, I know these are weird picks and not the typical
0: Well, I know, and I can appreciate it because I think we I, I think we like to go to the highlights and the the blockbusters like Best of Both Worlds, mm-hmm. en- en- Encounter at Farpoint. Those are the highlights. And a lot of the time what falls between the cracks are those episodes that is rich in character development, or story, or a new idea. And you get to see Data play Blackjack in the episode, which is
1: pretty cool. All right. That was my number two. So we're at your number three. Yes. So yes, we so said th- we'd do three, but I know there's going to be an honorable mention. So yes. Do you want to do your uh, honorable mention? or do you? Yeah, want to
0: I'll do my honorable mention. Uh, mention. Yeah. Uh, it's Iborg. This is ah, where, yes. okay. where they pick up Hugh. and, and Good episode. And uh, the chief engineer... Jordy builds a relationship with him and helps him get a name. And again, this is before they really ironed out the collective for the Borg. Uh, they kind of hint at it a little bit in this in this series, but they give him his individual name, his individual personality, and that sets it up for the rest of the, for for the rest of the series when they go back to visit the Borg again, especially with Lore. Um, but I, I thought they did a really good job, and it didn't didn't need to be action packed. It didn't need to be you know, all this spectacular just needed to be this particular character l- looking for his individuality. And I think that they just did a really good job at that. Great
1: episode. I, yeah. I love the interaction. First of all, how Picard handles the situation. Yeah. Because he was assimilated.
0: Yeah. He's, he's resentful dealing, to the Borg. at the split,
1: with, Yeah. And then finally he has to go down and meet with it, him. Mm-hmm. And then his mind changes, but also Guinan's in that episode. And she and Picard have this conversation where he doesn't want anything to do with it. He doesn't even want to meet with it. Yeah. You know? But then she convinces Picard to go down. And well, because
0: she's the sage. Yes. She's wise.
1: I love that episode. Uh, yeah. The, that
0: actor. Yes. I know his name. Yes. I, I know who you're talking uh, about. He comes back in Picard. He came back in Picard. Yes. One,
1: yes. And played. Hugh again. Uh, yeah. Hugh again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that was a that was a good that try. was amazing.
0: I'm glad they did that. That was a, a really nice treat to the fans. I think it just it just shows that again the the writers and the producers, yeah, you know, really care about their fans and going back and revisiting that story, especially now that some of us who you know were kids were watching it. Now that we're older, we can afford our own subscription without our parents telling us turn that off at 10 p.m. We can go back and watch it. And be like, I remember watching that when I was. You know, 10, 11 years old, and Mm -hmm. late at night, being told to turn the TV off. So nostalgic and rewarding. Yes. All right. So that was
1: your honorable mention. Yes.
0: And what's your number three? Uh, Cause and effect. This is another time one. This is where. I know this one well. uh, I just looked at the synopsis, but the Enterprise gets caught in a time loop, which always ends in one result total destruction of the ship itself. Yeah. I've. And Kelsey Grammar's on this. Yeah,
1: Kelsey connection Granvitt. from last episode. Yes. We talked about Kelsey. Uh, yeah, I, I have vivid uh, memories of this one, of the of the ship blowing up. Yes. like Yeah.
0: Well, they yeah. both end up blowing up because they don't realize that they're leading to their own destruction. Yeah. So this is where they try to separate from each other. Be like, okay, this is what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure if Guinan had anything to do with that episode either. I'll I, I have to rewatch it again.
1: I don't remember her being a part of that one. Never, yeah.
0: Because she could always sniff that. Oh, was it Data who detected something was off? Data. <laughs> Somebody detected that something was off. I think they had they found off.
1: a way to communicate or send a message back to Data. Only he could receive it. And then in the last second, he hit a button that changed the ship one way instead of the other. Yes, 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 was yes. It yes. all the difference. Uh, but the the cool part about that episode was like the deja vu that they kept having. It starts where they're playing cards uh yes and the second time around they start wait didn't we just do this or and they Mm -hmm. start calling the different cards because they know what's going to be dealt yes yes and i remember that being a big part of it and then yeah and kelsey grammar he played the captain of the uh the other ship yes it was from the past it it was from the past and it was just like another one of those unexplained oh here's the temporal rift all of a sudden yeah (laughs) because we went uh we, we, we want this story. So that's what's great about Star Trek mm-hmm. is you want, hey, this character from the past and this character from the future. Oh, Temporal Rift. Yeah. <laughs> that solves everything. So Cause and Effect was the name of that one, right? Yes. Yeah, that was, a, that was a great, great episode. That was another one where, again, I love those Observation Lounge conferences where all the crew is talking it out and they have to, you know, all... Use all their strengths to solve the problem. Yeah, that was a good one. All right. So I'll give you my honorable mention. And then my last strong recommend. Um, Timescape. It's another time travel episode. This is the one where Picard, Troy, Geordi, and Data are all like on a separate little ship, the runabouts. And they're heading back to the Enterprise but it's not where it's supposed to be.
0: And this then they familiar. detect
1: it and it's like
0: frozen in time.
1: Yes. With what looks to be a Romulan warbird in the middle of an attack.
0: Yes. I remember this and they get on, they get on board and everybody's frozen in time. Yes. yes I, remember I remember this a little
1: bit. Dr. Crusher getting shot. She's like in the middle of taking a phaser blast and, but time is frozen or so they think. And it's actually revealed that they're not frozen, but they're moving very, very, very slowly. And that's another one where the ship explodes a couple times, I think, and they because re- they're able to reverse it at least once. Yeah, the ship exploded at least once, and then re- it resets a few minutes before, and then they have to try to, you know, s- fix everything before that
0: that happens again. Yeah, there's so much and, and interesting enough, and, and for what it's worth, a lot of what you described about some of your stronger commands. When you talked about the void, Star Trek had an episode. Star Voyager had an episode called the void. the void. There was a void. Yeah. And you talked about a few other things that I was like, that sounds like Star Trek Voyager, like it, being able to. Uh, there was. What did you say? You said the void, the entity, the Voyager mm-hmm. fell into a wormhole that was Holy alive. The caretaker. The first episode. Well, yeah, that's true. It's basically, but, there, but there's there's a, an episode caretaker. where there's a wormhole that feeds their dreams so oh. that they would go further into that debt into that. Digestive system, and they found an alien in there too. That was a great episode. And see, and that's the same thing about the entity. And in search of Voyager, there was also a a scientific species experimenting pain on the Voyager. That was great. Episode and two. And manipulating their genetics and making them So mutate. welcome to the
1: Star Trek Voyager podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: switching over. But but you can see you can see why some yeah, of these exactly. things blend. And why we're like, wait, what? And those because are the exact same episodes
1: I three. like on Voyager 2. Yes. And now I can see the connections. They're the same types of episodes that I liked on, yes. on Next Generation. So my last strong recommend is one of the episodes that Beverly Crusher actually got to really shine in. Because a lot of times the criticism was she didn't do too much. And they even wrote her out of the second season. And then she came back. But Well, she was replaced. She was replaced. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I liked, actually, I liked Dr. Pulaski. I don't know what your opinion is on her. On yeah. her but I, I actually liked her. I, I liked Crusher, too. But Remember Me is the name of the episode. Mm. You know this one? No, it's but it rings a bell. High concept, sci-fi, Twilight Zone type episode. Very mysterious. Beverly Crusher. Goes and talks to Wesley, who's in engineering, doing some sort of experiments. And he does something that causes the warp core to like flash. And they're all like, what? what? That shouldn't have happened. What was that flash? And Jordy's like, what are you doing, Wesley? And he's like, oh, I'm working on my experiment. I don't know why I did that. That shouldn't have happened. And then they're like, he's like, mom, where are you? Because she was right there a second ago. And then she's not. Well, anyway, it turns out she was sucked into, like, an alternate reality or something when that flash happened. For her, it's like the the regular Enterprise. She doesn't know anything's happened yet. But slowly as the episode goes, things get more and more weird. Like, people keep disappearing on her from her point of view. But no one thinks it's abnormal. It's very Twilight Mm. Zone-ish. And so she thinks she's going crazy. So, like, all these little mysteries are popping up and it's like... Well, what in you're spending the whole episode with her trying to figure out what actually is going on? Is it her that's losing her mind, or is it the other people are like lying to her? Is like is it alien manipulation? Like, is is she in the holodeck? Like, this is another such a Voyager episode. What is going on in this episode? And there's like a a twist, and they explain it. There's like the the traveler. Do you remember this guy, this traveler character? That Mm, I remember reading (laughs) this in the encyclopedia. Yeah, like so he shows up and it's like it's it's really a neat episode, um, and it's really uh, Gates McFadden. Uh, it's I think it's her best episode that she did in the Next Generation. Uh, she, they did another Doctor Crusher episode later on and it was really bad. It was the one where like her great her grandma dies and like a ghost, a ghost like possesses her body or something. It's very bizarre. So that one was is like the Bad Crusher episode, but this one is a good one. If anybody's looking for a good Doctor Crusher episode, it's called Remember Me. And I think Voyager did another
0: similar episode with the doctor. Remember when the yes. doctor when the doctor couldn't save someone and his programming yes. would go fritz because he <laughs> could not reconcile So they had
1: to delete that memory. Correct. And Somehow discovers it, which is a feedback loop and it causes yes. Thing again. And it, yes. That was a really cool episode because you see everything through his eyes. So you're wondering with him, like, is Janeway evil? Because you see her kind of, her deleting his files. Yes. Like, Why is
0: she doing that to our doctor?
1: But in the end, you find out it was all for, for his, his sake. sake yeah. yeah, absolutely. Good episodes. Yes. All right. Well, that is all of our. Recommendations. Let's go through our list one more time uh, for top recommendations right now, at least, to get you started for some cool episodes with the next generation. Um, your number one was? Yesterday's Enterprise. Yesterday's Enterprise. A cool time travel episode. Uh, my number one was Where Silence Has Lease. Um, an interesting episode where a superior being is conducting pretty much experiments on the Enterprise. Your number two? The best of both worlds. Both parts? Or did you have part a, one and two? Part one and two. Uh, the Big Borg episode mm-hmm. where Picard gets assimilated and that feeds into pretty much all his motivations and first contact. Must see episode in my opinion. Uh, my number two is the Royale, which is the one where they beam down and they're in a casino and they can't get out. And the crew is uh, on the ship. They're trying to break through the... The storm, the communications blackout to try to get them out and all the mysterious stuff that happens because
0: of that. Uh, you're number three.
1: And, and, your effect,
0: uh, and your honorable mention. Cause and effect is my number three and iBorg was my honorable mention. Cause and effects, time episode. And mm-hmm. I had... My honorable mention was
1: Timescape which was where the Enterprise is frozen in space with a, the with a Romulan Warbird and my number... Three is remember me, my crusher episode where she's in a weird, a weird alternate reality where people are all disappearing, but no one seems to notice except her. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, I'm ready to go watch some Star Trek right now. Yes, I, I'm, I think I'm going to go renew my subscription for Paramount. Plus. Paramount Plus. This is uh again not an endorsement. Yeah, this is not sponsored. <laughs> this is
1: our uh, endorsement of Paramount Plus. If they want to send the check, my address is. <laughs> well. I said I was going to throw a curveball yes. before we started. So here's my curveball for you. I'm going to give you the Star Trek questionnaire that I just created. Okay. Now, there are no wrong answers. So this is just to sort of figure out your tastes. Okay? And yes. I haven't done this either, so I guess I'll, we'll both take, take this and we'll see what what our similarities and differences are. So question number one. What's your favorite series? I think we know this already. Yes, hand down, Star Trek Voyager. All right, mine would be Deep Space Nine, and we already discussed that, though. So, question three: What would be your sorry? What would be your fan fiction for a Voyager uh, reunion show, movie, a one-off episode? If they could do one more. Or something more with the Voyager
0: crew. What would you like to see happen? There was, and this is why I love the books. There was two books written after Endgame. And it talked about Voyager, when Voyager finally made it to Earth. What happens when they made it to Earth? Because you didn't see that in the series. They just ended with the Armada yep. meeting Voyager after the, blue, blue, the Borg sphere. So the, the, the two books, Homecoming and I think Perfect Short, I think it's called... And seven and nine is on the cover of it, and it's pink. Mm. They those two books explore what happens after they come home. They get debriefed, Voyager gets put on ice, and and I gotta there, see this. And there's <laughs> an, a there's, there's an infection, and there happens to be a queen silently being built by Project Full Circle, which is a whole nother book in itself. And I would love to see that be developed into a t to either a TV movie or a movie itself. But I don't think they will put that much money into a movie. So I would love to see a TV movie out of it from for Paramount Plus. Again,
1: yeah, they not sponsored <laughs> because they're they're bringing a lot of these old older shows and their, their characters back. But the Voyager and Deep Space Nine they haven't been brought back as much as TNG. I know, and so happy.
0: well, kind of because you see Jane, Janeway comes back in *Sergeant Nemesis* as an admiral. She and, was an admiral there, and Seven of Nine is now part of Picard.
1: So yes, that's kind of their I love way of
0: that. And she's uh, and such that's, a big part. Yes, of that. and that's that's their way of appeasing. I think some of them. But you're absolutely right. DS Nine does not does not come through.
1: Wait, yeah, where like lower decks,
0: which we haven't talked God, at all about lower decks, decks. Lower, but
1: lower they, decks. They're the only ones that have kind of touched. On Deep Space Nine, in a, in yeah. a little bit. and I got real excited when I would see Deep Space Nine in the animated form. And, yes, uh, I was like, wow! And also, there's a um, a documentary about Deep Space Nine that came out just a few years ago, and is yeah, it's highly recommended. I, it's very good. The original writing staff gets together and they go through what a fictional season eight would would look like and mm. it's interesting it's really interesting so that i wanted to hear your uh your thoughts about a voyager reunion what you would like to see so yeah yeah that those books so what 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 was it el about those books
0: about the storyline that you liked with the voyager crew well there, there's so many books that i've read after home after in game mm-hmm. that just continued the, the addiction for me i loved just the crew, the the whole story about getting home from the Delta Quadrant, Janeway being in command, and and then in the books after in game, Chakotay ends up being captain of Voyager. Oh, and how his captaincy looks different than Janeway's. Wow, and so Voyager and, and is Tom Paris, uh, and Tom Paris is, is his second in command, his number one. Tom, really, Tom Paris is commander because those two butt yeah. heads a lot. Yeah, so you the know, book really does a that, really good job at ironing those out and and the journey that seven, seven and nine now has to go through on planet earth where she only had to deal with the crew of voyager they yeah. iron that out a little bit more in the books and again the books are um, especially for the Star, Star Trek voyager series i just i have an affinity for okay i'm
1: definitely gonna have to check those out i've always wanted to read more voyager but i got sucked into like tng and deep space nine but i'm definitely gonna look into that all right question four what's the worst episode that you can think of off the top of your head
0: of any star trek series oh this is hard you know it's hard it's hard yeah it's like asking someone to pick their favorite star trek episode it's hard is there an
1: is there something an aspect about star trek a species maybe or i don't know anything that you don't dislike about it no. No. It's hard. It's all it's a love fest, right? Yes. And I'm sitting here thinking about it too, and I'm like, yeah, there are some episodes that are like, eh, you know, like some of the Ferengi episodes of Deep Space Nine weren't my cup of tea. You know, yeah, but they they still well, interesting but, enough to like, okay, yeah, I'll it's not like a bad this. episode. But sometimes I remember watching like especially in the first when I was first seeing the the series for the first time. And you couldn't like just skip to the next episode on Netflix. Oh, that you was times, right? <laughs> you know, I'd be like, oh, it's a Frankie episode. I, for a second, I'd be disappointed. But then it, I'd end up like, oh, okay, this is cool. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, we don't want to be negative. So, yeah, that's we're not going to talk about things we don't like. There's nothing to not like about Star Trek, honestly. All right, question five. What one Star Trek technology would you want to have? If you oh. could have one. Thing from the 20th you can't
0: season. do this to me this is like asking <laughs> the, the the absolute best episode of star trek period there's just so many and i think oh, give me a second
1: what are some of the ones you're thinking of right now that you're debating
0: transporter the mm-hmm. replicator Holo, the holodeck uh the hypo spray oh my goodness so many uh you know, Beverly Crusher really loved her hyperspray, so did the <laughs> background Voyager. Uh, ships in general. Warp, Warp, you know you know what? Speed. This is it. Warp core. Okay. Period. All right. Because I think if we can do that, imagine what we could see beyond our solar system mm-hmm. without having to send satellites or having to come up with, cry, you know, cry free, freezing ourselves to get past exactly. the solar system. That's it. You, you did it Warp for me. Warp drive. Warp drive. Okay. Warp drive. I would have to say...
1: I think the replicator – I think the replicator – because if you think about it, the replicator is why the society in the 24th century in the Star Trek universe is – they have no money. Their their economy is no longer That's based
0: By, on, um, on money. If we take it – if we were in their reality and we took it on face value, the crew always complained about the taste of replicated food.
1: And there were better replicators than, than Starfleet. Replicators. I remember them talking about like Quark had like a good replicator, but the Defiant
0: didn't. For yeah. example, in Deep Space Nine. And even Jingwei complained about the coffee. The coffee sometimes, and and she had a, that's a, why Neelix cooked because yes. even though he didn't have
1: like a lot of the good ingredients that people wanted, whatever he was cooking up was
0: better than the whatever the, the replicator. replicator. Correct. So even her ship was the state of the art of its time. Yes. For for, for its period piece in the timeline. So it wasn't Except perfect. It wasn't perfect. But, but it was good for like replicating clothes. But I think and for, for other things, like I think yeah. it eliminated poverty on Yes. Earth, basically technology yes. came to, out. You just did not have to have taste. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I would do warp core instead of replicator. <laughs> just replicate money and then
1: go buy your burger and yeah. whatever. So uh, that what'd you pick warp drive. So yeah. warp drive and a, and a replicator, I think that would be a good combination. Um transporters the thing is i'm a little iffy about whether or not the transporter is just a suicide machine sometimes do you remember two sometimes it would yeah do you Fritz, remember two when two Tuv- and bonk together yes or just like fried them on the transporter pad but I'm, I'm thinking like the philosophical question like when you transport yourself you you basically tear yourself apart molecule yeah. by molecule are you dead and then, what comes back? Is that a new person? Is that you really? Is it? Is it? Your, do you die every time you transport? This is like,
0: this is uh, a, just like a question. centuries ahead of, uh, of me right now. Yeah, I don't so know.
1: <laughs> when you make that first, when you transport yourself
0: from onto the ship,
1: are you still that same person, yeah. or did a new, like, basically a clone of yeah. yourself appear? That's
0: a tough question. With
1: your, with your same thoughts, but it's like, is there a soul? A lot of
0: philosophical-type yeah. questions with the transporter. We can barely get self-driving cars going. Let's yeah, I don't think we're having to get Let's, let's give soon. A few more, soon, more centuries. <laughs> All right.
1: Uh, next question. What's your favorite alien species? Borg.
0: And why? You know what? Yeah, the Borg. The Borg. Because their they're pursuit of perfection. And I think the way they're written, they're made to look evil and be evil. They're terrifying. Um, but it's a pursuit of perfection that drives them, and who doesn't want to be perfect?
1: I just I think they're terrifying. Voyager, Wolf Three Five Nine, like it's a swarm. Yeah, it's that hive mind. You can't reason with them. Yeah,
0: like because they have the one mission. The one mission. Every is enemy perfection.
1: can be bargained with. You can surrender to them. Like, but yeah. the Borg, it's just you just got to be assimilated and basically die. There's no ifs ands or buts. Yeah. There's no way around it. Uh yeah, I, th- I always thought they were terrifying. There's this one episode of Voyager where it's like you're inside the assimilation chamber, and like people are screaming. It was like a really
0: yes. That scary one is called our Dark Frontier when Seven and Nine gets not... multiple
1: personalities. Is that the one?
0: No, no, no. Is this is really? no. That's a oh, different okay. one. Dark Frontiers when Seven and goes back to the collective, doesn't get necessarily assimilated because she gets cr- connected to the hive mind. And in that episode, they're, they're, they right. assimilated a species.
1: She lets that one group and go. she does
0: correct because she was hearing them crying and, and screaming of being cut up.
1: Yeah, they but showed she you let, what it's she, like to be this this um, unadvanced civilization being taken over by the Borg. Like they had no clue what was even yeah, going on. Yeah. Basically, that all of a sudden they're beamed onto this ship, getting arms cut off and things yes. replaced by, and they're yes. it, and people are screaming. It's like that episode, it felt like claustrophobic to me. Yeah, because like there was nowhere to run. You're in, you're in a spaceship of some. But Im- that's the beautiful alien. thing with the
0: war because you're, you're a collective mind. You're all thinking the same thing with the one adjective. Mm-hmm. You don't have time for arguments. You don't have time to. Yeah, it's just, just. It's just. They beam them up done.
1: and they start, start the yeah. process and, and people are get and fight. That that's Temporary. futile.
0: Yeah, futile, right? Temporary, and you'll get past it because you're going to be part of the high mind. And there's so many of them. Like even even if they had a few people that. Fought back.
1: You could not ever win against that many drones on yeah. one ship. You know, Ugh. yeah. The, so that episode sticks out. The the Borg being just so terrifying. My favorite species. I'm thinking Deep Space Nine. Something. The Bajorans, mm, maybe. Okay. Because they, it, it is the Bajoran. Because they're the rebels. They, they're the, un, the underdogs, and they developed that species more than any other. I think in the entire franchise. They have a religion set up, Mm -hmm. a whole fleshed out religion that seems very real world lived in, like just the whole history of the Cardassian occupation, yes, and the trauma that the whole people of Bejor went through. And that came through in the acting of all of like Kira and just they all had like that trauma, you know, of a of a like basically Holocaust survivors. Yes, and and imitated that a lot. It did. So that was super powerful. Yes, and just they had the Vedics and the Kai and the, the the emissary and the prophets and all of this came together. I'm including that's why I love the Bajor, just the all their the whole history of them, the mythology. Uh, my next question kind of relates to it: What's your favorite Star Trek planet, or which one would you love to live on if you could? And I was going to oh. just say Bajor for me was a Basically, like it was a beautiful planet. Um, this is hard. The construction, the the buildings, everything looked very like a monastery. You know, it was very. I don't think opulent. I I don't think I can answer that.
0: Because because, I mean, Earth is Earth. We, there's we Earth, live here, so we we haven't we aren't or appreciate Earth, but there's just so many.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think. What's it? Remember, Riza was like the the vacation world. If you wanted to like. Live, live on a planet that was like Hawaii all the time that would up. Yeah,
0: I can't that's a difficult one. I'm gonna pass
1: or I might say Earth because Earth of the twenty fourth century is pretty cool. It's yeah, no poverty, no disease. you want for nothing. It's pretty cool, yeah, yeah all right, uh you gotta in, uh, you know put up with a couple Borg incursions <laughs> in <here. laughs> but otherwise it's pretty pretty good place to live. all right, uh question eight. What's your favorite star starship
0: uh the Prometheus ooh that is a message in a bottle another, another voyager great episode and that ship was phenomenal it was a great doctor episode yeah well not really only that used... but it was but it was the Prometheus itself, yeah, because it could split into three and it required multi vector
1: assault mode yeah
0: and very minimal staffing and and the h, h uh, the medical hologram Dr. to mm-hmm. uh, Andy Dick. <laughs> Andy Dick.
1: Well, I, can't, I still can't believe that he was on, like, as a serious guest star. He was campy, though. He was
0: very campy in that. He episode. was. Yeah.
1: yeah. He was annoying. You know, and he, that was. But that, but that was uh, the purpose. fun part of it because the doctor had to, you, you know, cool him down a little bit. The Voyager doctor could be annoying, too. So he yeah. was, like, giving a taste of his own medicine. Yes. You know, because that's what the crew complained a lot about yeah. in the beginning of the season was how the doctor was, like, abrasive or. Yeah. Bad bits of manner. Yeah, I love the Prometheus. I loved sh- episodes like that that came out of nowhere that threw in this new starship. Like that, that progressed the, the franchise, you know, new things. Like that was a episode, like I was a geek about the ships. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, Prometheus. it breaks apart into three pieces and, and, and can be from one. There's a new EMH program. Like I just loved anytime they would advance the technology, and yes. make new ships, new, 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 new gadgets that was always fun so and and the whole concept of an emh i thought was genius yes. for for the character of the doctor you know because they had data and android yeah and tng uh, and they so, went a
0: completely different direction with the doctor. So Voyager,
1: what's the next step that you could have like those types of conversations about? Like, is he a is he a person? Does he have a soul? Is he is he sentient?
0: And they had an episode around that because oh. he made a book. Remember the yes. holodeck novel?
1: And that tied back into that data episode where they're questioning whether he had rights or not.
0: Yes. So another connection
1: between yes. the two series where they kind of do the same type of thing, but it's twisted a little. Yes. Update it a bit. Um, all right. Question nine: If you could do any job in Star Trek in the whole universe,
0: what would you do? Mm, be a Star captain, an engineer. Because there's engineer, there's chief of you know there's security, operation, You just run the the, the, the the science field. You know, you could be mm-hmm. Guinan. You could be uh, the Ferengi. Forgot his name already. Clark? Quark, you could be Neelix, you could be so many things on that ship. Hell, you can even be the transporter. Transporter uh, Chief. Correct. And this is, it's hard. It's hard. I'm going to pass on this one too. Well, Mm. hell, I'll clean the toilets. If I I get to live in that type of future, I'll clean the toilets. I want to live on the
1: Enterprise. (laughs) At least, you know, they had several holodecks. It's always nice. I I can think of a few good uses for that holodeck. I don't know about you.
0: Don't get me started. <laughs> Alright,
1: last question. Uh, make your dream crew. Alright, oh. so you can pick from any series. Who's your captain?
0: This is There's no visual aid here, so I'm just letting everybody know I'm covering my face. <laughs> because he's not being fair.
1: We have to make a new show. You can pick any character from all the shows that have uh, already gone through. It's Who's hard. our captain? You're bringing oh. back...
0: Well, there's two that come to mind. Okay, okay.
1: Janeway and Picard. All right. Yeah, I knew Janeway was going to be part of this.
0: She is... And then, that... then Bellana would be chief engineer. Oh, so your captain's Janeway, for sure? Uh, yeah, let's go with that. Okay.
1: So the next one, first officer. Oh, that's hard. Who is your favorite first officer? Do you think would be the, the best first that's, officer? That's hard. Oh, and we can't just redo... An existing group. We have to mix and match.
0: I know, and that's hard.
1: So it can't be Chicote.
0: You got Riker. Um, but there's also the Enterprise to consider. There's also uh, Discovery to consider. Yeah.
1: Strange Worlds. Who is it? Who's the first officer in Discovery? Is it that tall guy?
0: Yes. Saru? Yes. Is that his name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, I. You're not being fair. You're not playing fair. This is hard. I think... Yeah, I mean, because in Deep Space Nine, technically the first officer
1: is... Major Kira. Yeah. Even though she's not Starfleet. Yeah.
0: But she's still, like, second in command. Yeah, because they respect her that much.
1: And then the original series, who was the first officer? Oh, they didn't have one. Kirk? Was it Spock? Spock, I guess, would have been second. Because
0: they defaulted to him as a character, but they never Mm -hmm. called him that he was a science officer.
1: But anytime. He, he took command of the bridge if
0: Kirk left, right? I
1: think so. I felt like that's what it was. I think I think even, I think several people did that job. I, I think they kind of didn't have the first officer You know officer what? That was my second officer, Spock. So, okay, good. Oh, you know what? I take that back. Well, I'm going to also Spock, ask you science Spock, officer. Science officer next, actually. Spock. Spock. So first officer is Spock. Captain is Janeway.
0: Yes. Who's your science officer? I'm going to say Data. Good one yeah. Because he would be objective because he has no bias. He can't have bias. I love
1: how they would just give Data
0: these really annoying
1: tasks to do, like to research something yeah. just because he could do it quickly. It's like, yeah, a human could sit through and read through all these library files and, and tell Picard what, what what's happening. Yeah. But they would tell, like, Data, go review all the logs for this and tell us what's really happening. He would just sit in front of a screen. He would just go... Through every page in like five seconds, and he'd be like, oh, you know, and he would tell them a summary of everything. Yeah. So data is good for pure, uh,
0: pure yes. speed
1: and efficiency.
0: He's being taken advantage of.
1: <laughs> he liked that stuff. Um, all right. I think actually, yeah, data would probably be more annoyed if he had to do the human the human speed. All right. So science officer is, is data. Yes. First officer, Spock. The captain is Jane. Yes. All right. Tactical officer. Two bucks. Yeah, that uh, Tubak. Yeah. Tubix or Tubak. Tubak.
0: Tubak. All right, he's good. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Because he's got he, that he's, logic. He's got the logic. He's got the evo the mm-hmm. uh, even tempo. He does. He doesn't get caught up in his feelings. That's good to have a yeah. tactical. Because you need. Because because when you're in battle or Focus. there's an event. You can't get caught up in your emotions because you're going to make the wrong decision. You need somebody who's cool-headed, logical, and thinking about not only themselves, but the entire crew. Exactly. And he's going to basically save everybody's everybody's ass. Yeah. Um, and, and he's so methodical because there was an episode, remember, about the holodeck and uh, Seska?
1: Uh-huh.
0: That was it. And that was written I by Two holodeck Box. Episodes, dude. Dude, I don't keep saying Two Box. Two <laughs> Box. Uh, Tuvok. It's a darn tubix. Yeah. And so he, that was a really good episode for him. And it how was. he was so methodical about, you know, what would, what it would look like if the Maquis took over the ship.
1: Yes. And he and thought
0: then,
1: ahead. The a program, fought back. Yes. <laughs> Trapped him inside. and Yes. Well, because
0: Seska, cur- because Seska, yes. she, program.
1: she found out what he was doing, and got mad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, oh, I'll teach you to make a program about, and she, and he was right all along because she was bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) so all right so that's tactical actually Vulcans make really good Starfleet uh, officers yeah there was an episode of Deep Deep Space Nine where they have to play a baseball game the crew of Deep Space Nine versus the crew of another starship where the the entire starship is Vulcans and so every they had to play baseball against uh, an entire team of Vulcans and they were like completely superior and in every way. So it's just like, when you get a whole ship of them, that, that must be like...
0: I'm teaching my answer. I think my favorite planet is Vulcan. Vulcan.
1: I don't know. I, I like the Vulcans, but their planet seems like...
0: Yeah, it seems pretty living grim. living on
1: Mars or yeah, something.
0: Yeah, it's pretty grim. It's like, yeah,
1: a, a lot of desert and red. All right, who's your doctor?
0: I'm going to say, because we have to diversify mm-hmm. our portfolio... I'm gonna go with the character from Star Trek: Discovery. I'm blinking on his name, played by Anthony Ripp.: Oh yeah, um, I don't know their names by heart. I know, honestly. and it's uh, so I know who you're time. talking about. Yeah, Doctor something, but he's the gay. He's the gay doctor. Right? No, no, not not, not Anthony Rip. It's uh Wilson C- Wilson Cruz. Wilson Cruz is. Yeah, yes, I don't know, know the. He's compassionate.
1: Name. Uh, yes, so, I don't know.
0: Uh we apologize so, to all the trackies out yeah. there, no offense. We,
1: yeah, it it's just because it's we haven't lived with Discovery and watched it over and over again. Yeah. But that's okay. Okay, so he's on the ship too, all right. Uh and then you get one miscellaneous non Starfleet person to be on board. Like they had Neelix. Um Quark.
0: Like they had Guinan. Gainan, yeah. Alright, like some just random who who would Guinan. You just, you Guinan. just you have because you need to have that sage, that voice that mm-hmm. you can go and talk to. You know, I'm sure she had tons of secrets from the staff. Could you see Guinan and
1: Janeway having little?
0: Yeah, because she had she had the ability to do that with Jakote and having that conversation. Jakote did like kind of spiritually guide Janeway. Yeah, through her decision. So Guinan could do that for could, have, could play that role well, because she mm-hmm. she was the honor. Even though they had a counselor and Voyager didn't, I think. Voyager missed out on having a counselor. And I think she would have done a really Neelix, good job. Jana and the doctor yeah. picked
1: up that slack. A little bit, yeah. Yes. But really
0: more Neelix because he was the cook. So the way you do people's heart is through their stomach. Yes. And, and then a lot of times when like a character... You know what? Dying. I take it back. Kes. The psychic ability. Kes? The psychic ability alone. Oh, i that,
1: that caught me off guard.
0: Yes. Oh man,
1: I was not a fan of Cast. Uh, I when, liked
0: her. When
1: they got I just I I wasn't drawn to her. I thought she was awkward as an actress or maybe just the the design of the character
0: is kind of odd that she was Yeah, I I can see that, but I still liked like her a as a kid. Character. Yeah.
1: yeah her, because a her species
0: body. because her species of uh aged quicker. They only yeah. lived uh think four or six years. It was an even number. And so their species grew very quickly and died very quickly.
1: But what was really odd, and this was weird to me at the time, you threw me a
0: curveball, I'm just going to throw a new one. Was
1: (laughs) Neelix was like obsessed with her.
0: But they were in love.
1: And they They were were together. Yeah, they they were were together. Yeah. But she was only like months old. Yeah. And I always like, I know it was like, well, she had an adult body, you know, but. It just that always was a little weird. And when they got rid of her, I was like, okay with it. They brought in 709. Yes. A big upgrade, in my opinion. It oh. has nothing to do with the, char- with the actress. You no, know, on
0: second thought, but on third thought, 709. I have nine. some
1: opinions. <laughs> um, Voyager had a lot of great characters that were
0: non-Starfleet. Yeah. Supplemental characters. Yeah. that Because, because 709 had the, the knowledge of assimilated species. All of all the whole collection. And she had the ability yeah. to learn a lot quicker than Data did. Because she could feel. She didn't, yeah, she already had it in her. She just
1: had to to relearn it. He could go analyze things, right, but wouldn't necessarily always interpret things correctly either. Um, If I were to pick my captain, I think it would have to be Picard. Even though Deep Space Nine is my favorite, I think Picard was a better, even Janeway, I think is better than.
0: Captain Cisco, Because he was stationary. He it, wasn't out learning where Janeway and Picard out learning.
1: I, I just have issues with Cisco, And he was a wartime captain. So he did a lot of iffy decisions. And there's many episodes I could point to where he basically threw Starfleet ethics but, out But when window. it comes to
0: war, that's what it takes sometimes. Right.
1: So- but... He just had a little bit too much of a hard hard edge. He broke – and broke the rules of Starfleet a little bit too easily in my yeah. opinion. But as a – he's an excellent character. I yes. love the character probably more – he was more complex than I think Picard. Uh, but as a captain, a Starfleet captain, I think Picard was probably like the epitome. And, and Janeway, she was a lot newer. But she was coming up, and she became an admiral, so she must have been. Yeah, inside.
0: and she had to learn very quickly mm-hmm. to be a captain because that was her Voyager was her first captaincy.
1: and Picard B-
0: all of Picard was assigned, and he didn't have anything to wrench in him. And those were Jamie. like the
1: best of the best. Yeah.
0: On on the Enterprise. Yeah.
1: He got whatever officer she wanted. Janeway was thrown in with half her crew was Maquis. I mean, didn't even. Well, want to because be there. she didn't have her full staff because they were chasing the monkey, and a lot of them died in that first episode. Yeah, so she had a lot to <laughs> deal with. She made it work. She did. So yeah, you had a good, good choice. Um, but just to be different, I'll say Picard, first officer. Um, I'll say Major Kira. I love that character. Uh, just. Like I said, just everything that that she portrayed that the Bajorans went through, and the raw emotions she brought to that role, um, then her backstory, and then how she started, where she wanted to kill every Cardassian that she came and would never consider being friends with one. You know, was her mortal enemy to where she actually built relationships with like someone that she actually called her like father. Was it this Cardassian that she, yeah, you know, yeah. So her character grew by leaps and bounds Yes, and it's just so great. Um, science officer. I'm going to say. Oh man, um,
0: Harry Kim. No,
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, Harry. It's not you. Cause he was just so ordinary. Yeah. He could push buttons and tell, tell them what's going on. And then, but what did he actually do? That because that was the above role and beyond. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but that was his, his role. Always. That was. That's God. why he was you know, in Vincent. Yeah. And he never got promoted. I, I think Dax is my science officer because she has all those lifetimes of experience. Yeah. That you know is yeah, so true. I forgot about the trail. And she was so wise beyond how she looked, her years. Yeah. Uh, and, and which Dax are you referring
0: to? Sorry? Which Dax are you to?
1: Okay. And I love Esri as well. You know, the... The next
0: one. So, but you had to pick one, though. Which Jet is
1: Zia, the next one. Okay. Because she was the science officer. Ezri. when it switched to her, was a counselor. Mm. So that's where that uh, one, uh, where they finally got a counselor for Deep Space Nine. But, uh, and Jetzia was so like, mature. And she, her previous hosts weren't all Starfleet. So she, she brought, you know, that experience. Experience, too, and, and just broke the mold of what a typical Starfleet science officer, and she thought outside the box and just had a really cool uh, way about her. Where was I? Tactical, I would probably say Worf.
0: Yeah. And then you
1: even have Judd Zia and Worf, which is yeah. my like Star Trek power couple. Yeah, That's probably, like probably my favorite couple on uh, any se- uh, series. The Doctor, I would say the Doctor from Voyager, the EMH, because he could zap in any... Uh,
0: into any environment you know go where most well, he wasn't able to go and yeah. the the, the, cr- the crew had to build that out yeah and then he got the mobile, mobile emitter. emitter yes exactly so and he's kind of like a data
1: where he could make any adjustments to his program and pretty much have all that surgical and medical expertise you know just right at the his fingertips and then my miscellaneous character would have to be Garrick mm. I love Garrick from Deep Space Nine that Cardassian Taylor, he was just an interesting character, and I think, uh, I yeah, I just every scene that he's in, he steals the scene. Yeah, and him and the Doctor, uh, Doctor Bashir, had this great interplay, and I think, put him in with some of these other characters, I, I think he would be awesome. So, that's my crew, and that's about all we have time for today. Yes. So we are going to wrap wrap up this. This segment of our Star Trek talk it started out as some recommendations for the next generation, but I think we kind of just went a little crazy. Into a rabbit hole. (laughs) (laughs) We went on some tangents, so hopefully you guys enjoyed that. But thank you again, Enrique, for coming back for another episode. And we're going to take a break from Star Trek for a, a, a little while, but we will be definitely having having you back on to talk some more. Probably Voyager centric, more Voyager focused. Or DS9. Or DS9. Or the movies. Yeah. Or anything. You know what? We're just going to talk talk about about. (laughs) it. Picard season three is coming out. So we might want to talk about that. Maybe like the midpoint of the the season or something. Yes. All right. See you next time. All right. Bye bye. Okay, everyone that's gonna do it for us this week i want to really thank enrique for joining me yet again and hopefully he'll want to come back sometime and talk some more star trek at some point i definitely wouldn't complain and i want to know what you all think join the conversation with us online what tng episodes do you like what did you think of our picks well let us know your thoughts just head over to one of our social media pages you can find us on Facebook and TikTok by just searching for the Nostalgia Podcast. And on Twitter, we are at NostalgiaPod underscore. And on Instagram, we are NostalgiaPodcast underscore. Again, all of our links are posted in the show notes for this episode. Stay tuned as usual after the outro music for a few sounds that are sure to bring back some fond memories. Thanks everyone again and see you next time. Have a great week. you don't have feelings do you not as such however even among humans friendship is sometimes less an emotional response and more a sense of familiarity
0: i knew it was you you picard if you had half the sense you pretend to have you would get her off your ship immediately and if you'd like i'd be more than pleased to expedite her departure I am Locutus of Borg. Resistance is futile. Your life, as it has been, is over. What do you mean? What have you done? Show them a world of their own making and they ask you what you've done. So human of you. Q, have you had enough of playing games with other people's lives? I am no longer your pawn. Will oh, you undersell yourself, Jean Luc? You are more than just a piece. Are you the very board upon which this game is played? And I am too old for your bullshit. Old, yes. How unfair time is. So many wrinkles,
1: so many disappointments. What do you want, Q?
0: Will you come to the point? You want me to cut to the chase? Yes! For the chase is cut, Picard. The chase is bleeding. The chase is dying in your arms. And I am but a suture in the wound.